Dom Cato, yogi and general legend, quit her antidepressants after battling depression and anxiety for almost 20 years. Dom's journey was multifaceted and she shares openly about how diet, medication, supplements, therapy, yoga and radical self-acceptance all played a role in her transformation. This is a vital conversation for anyone battling anxiety or depression who wants to find out how they can regain their power and live a rich life. And we're live. Welcome to another Superheroes podcast. I've got Dom Cato in the studio with me. And listen to this. 20 years ago, Dom gets diagnosed or starts suffering from anxiety and depression. In her 20s, she starts taking meds and there are ups and downs, which she's going to talk to us about. And in 2020, there's a global pandemic. South Africa goes into full lockdown. Dom is in her in the middle of her first trimester of her first pregnancy and she decides that is a spectacular time to stop taking her <laughs> antidepressants and anti-anxiety pills. So she's here to talk to us about how she found the audacity to think that was a good idea. How's it going, Dom? Hi, thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> it's, great, it's great to have you. So, Dom, first question, for those who don't really get it, um, you know, as, as someone who hasn't suffered from anxiety or depression, like I think I've had, I think I've been depressed or sad and I think I've been anxious, but what is the difference between being anxious and having, you know, anxiety? So, um, so I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. So it's, it's overall anxiety when you feel overwhelmed and like you, you can't cope with your life. So everybody has a little bit of anxiety and stress in their lives, which is good. So it motivates you. It gets you moving. It gets you doing things that you want to do if you are a little bit stressed, but anxiety moves in where it takes over your whole way of thinking. So you're no longer dumb, you are anxiety and you overthink things and everything becomes a big deal. Everything becomes a problem. Everything you say is an issue. Um, and then there's also the physiological stuff. So the, uh, the shakes, the can't breathe properly, the panic attacks, all of that stuff that, that comes out physically from this mental um disorder that you have so it's it's everybody suffers from like some somebody everybody is anxious and stressed at some point in their lives but anxiety and anxiety disorder rules your life it rules your mind completely and how did you know the difference like you know when you were anxious as a teen so you were like 15 when you first noticed uh, yeah it's about that. 17 17 was when i first thought okay i'm i'm thinking too much about this thing yeah um, and it and was so, hmm? no no carry on you go yeah it yeah. it was it was a period i was in standard 9 and i think everybody thinks that they you know you're supposed to be stressed preparing for a trick and your life after that and what university you're going to get in um and i i went and saw my gp and it just said like i'm crying a lot of the time i can't focus i'm not feeling myself uh and he put me on zoloft um, but he didn't give me any instruction. He put me on and like for a, a, I think he gave me like two or three repeats and said, off you go. Um, so the, the, the meds helped for a little bit. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm okay. And then went off. So there was no instruction to wean myself off or stay on for a certain amount of time. Um, and it was just like, I'm feeling better. So I'll go off the meds. 
Yeah, so that, so there are two questions there. The, the one is, you know, what there's a perception, and I know amongst people who even are anxious and depressed that, you know, there's something weak about being medicated for anxiety. What do you mm. say to that kind of remark? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a hard one to get over because it's so stigmatized. Um, and m- my answer is that like if you have a physical ailment so if you have heart disease if you have diabetes um if you've got a broken leg you're going to take the meds to help you get better you're going to take the painkillers or the heart meds or the diabetes the insulin um to help support your body um um, mental health is exactly the same mental wellness mental disease it's taking the meds to help support your brain that is not functioning properly Um, it may be a chemical imbalance it may be genetic whatever it is Um, there's stuff going on that you need help that you can't do by yourself and if the meds are there and applicable to your situation then absolutely use them and i went through a time uh, in my 20s when I became a a yogi and a yoga teacher uh, where I was also like, no, not going to do the meds. I'm going to sort this out with yoga and meditation and yoga and meditation help completely. um, But there's so many things that you need to incorporate into your life like medication if it applies to your situation that supports you through the journey of mental wellness. That's great. And you mentioned yoga and um uh, and medication and meditation. And so obviously mm. offline, we chatted about the six sort of pillars of your transformation. Uh, mm. And it seems like you kind of picked them up along the way. So it was diet, medication, supplements, therapy, yoga, and radical, not normal, but radical oh. self. <laughs> so, like, so if you take us through the journey um, from, I think you, you said that. Okay, so it was a matric, and then now, so 34, that's seven, well, 16 years or yeah, something like years. that. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, how did the, how did your personal development develop? <laughs> over, you know, over that time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it started, that was my first run in with like knowing that there's something not right. Um, then a couple years later, I was in my third year in university. I was at, in Joburg at UJ and I was studying a BCom sports management and really not happy. That was when, that was my first um, run in with like proper depression. So I'd had anxiety uh, and then depression made itself known. And I was not going to lectures. I was didn't make any friends at university, hating it. Um, and I couldn't stop crying. That was that was like the biggest warning sign for me is that I just could not stop crying. No matter what was going on, there were just tears. Um, and I, I went to my dad and I said, like, I, I, I don't know what to do. I need some help. And he was like, just come with me to yoga so that you can just stop crying for an hour and a half because I don't can't quite handle you at the moment. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, okay, fine. I'll try this yoga thing. Um and I went to yoga with him and it was like mind blowing. That was the, that was my entire life change, um, life change direction. I dropped out of university, got on the mat and started practicing yoga. And it was, I was practicing the, the asana, which is the physical practice, like seven classes a week, preparing for a teacher training, delving into the philosophy, the spirituality, the, the way of life. Um, and that journey took me, for years and years and years. And it was, it was, it buoyed me up so much. 
but mm. there were still these glimpses of, of anxiety and depression that, that came in. And I would use my yoga practice to process and work through all of that stuff. Um, and then I got to a point where I was in a very, very unhealthy, abusive relationship. And I was back at that, like crying constantly. I was having panic attacks every other day. Um, it literally felt like I was losing my mind. And I was living in Mozambique at the time. And my, my dad, again, who's my superhero, came and fetched me and brought me home um, and immediately sent me to our, we have a family psychiatrist because these kinds of things do run in the families. Um, so I sent me to her and she, I was adamant there. I was like, no, I can fix myself. I, I don't need meds. I'm going to be fine. And she said, Dom, right now you're an unstable, you're, you're a stable person in an unstable environment. And if you can use the meds along with your yoga practice and your meditation at that time um, to help support you and to, to like get you to actually sleep so you can heal, get you to stop crying, um, get you to stop panicking so you can actually eat something, uh, then use the meds. They're, that's what they're there for. So she put me on the meds and I had a um, Surdep, which was my, my daily med. I had Adco Alzam, which was my, for insomnia and uh, Adco sorry, Adco-Zolpidem and Adco-Alzam. And that Adco-Alzam was, I called it my calm bomb. So anytime I started feeling a panic attack coming up, I would take the calm bomb and like just keep it calm, keep it uh, at bay. Um, and that was amazing. That I really, that was six months of hard work of really healing myself and transforming who I was through yoga, meditation, and at that time therapy as well. Right. And then I went on a, a yoga teacher training um, for yoga therapy in India. And we were asked to do this master cleanse, which is a whole gut cleanse. And you drink salt water and then do some twists and drink salt water and do some twists and everything comes out the other side. Um, don't do it at home. It must be supervised. <laughs> um, but my, my teacher said, you can't do it if you're on any medication. So I said, Look, I'm on this anxiety med medication. And he said, well, if you really want to do it, and if, if you really want to take control of your anxiety, um, you can wean yourself off and do these cleansing practices. They'll help you take control of your nervous system. Um, and that sounded amazing to me. So I like very quickly and naively without the, the help of my doctor weaned myself off those meds and did that cleanse. Um, then straight, straight after that, uh, after the six weeks in India, I moved to Cape town and had a fantastic time, new life, teaching yoga, new city, falling in love with the city. Um, and I was fine. And then it hit, it was just before my 30th birthday. I think I started getting, having those like crying episodes, not sleeping. Um, those two are like my triggers. If I'm not sleeping and I'm crying a lot, I'm like, okay, some, something has to, has to give, something has to be done. Um, and the thing about anxiety is you don't want to talk about it with anybody. Mm. So you, you cry by yourself and you don't sleep by yourself. And then people ask you how you are. And you're like, no, I'm fine. No problem. Because it is so stigmatized. So as yeah. soon as that started coming up, I found a therapist and a psychiatrist in Cape Town. And this time I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, doctor, psychiatrist. And I'm, I'm doing this properly because I can't keep doing this roller coaster thing with my mental health that's going to end up not a, a pleasant place so went to her she prescribed the meds and she was like at least two years you have to be on the meds and I was like wow. cool I'm I'm happy with that 
Um, and then therapy, I had a f- at that stage, I was going to weekly therapy sessions. And then as I was processing all my stuff, it went to monthly. Um, and now my therapist, I've got her on WhatsApp. Whenever I need her, I say, Leanne, please can I see you? And she's like, cool, I'll fit you in here. And I, I see her. It's probably more in my life, like once every six weeks, every two months. Um, so can she's I just my- stop you there on the, on the therapy front? Because yeah, it sounds sure. like you know, one hour a week sounds like quite a lot. And I suppose the question on my mind and many others is, yeah. is like therapy to a lot of people sounds like, tell me how that makes you feel, you know, mm-hmm. and then, it, mm-hmm. and, you know, like the movie scene. But, yes. but at the same time as that, you're saying, you know, I did a lot of work. And mm. so what, what kind of... If you had to look at the narrative of the therapy or what was like the big obstacle that you had to overcome? Okay. There were many, many, many every day. Yeah. You know, what what Um, was like the big stone in the pipes? So the, the, the biggest thing about therapy is you have to find a therapist that, that you work with, that you connect with, that understands your point of view. So my therapist is a, is a yogi. Um, she battles with an autoimmune disease, which I was diagnosed with as well, which we'll talk about. Um, she's, she, she's, into, she's into the same stuff I'm into. So she understands the way my mind works and the way I think about things. So when I was going to her and I was starting to talk about relationships uh, because that's what I was battling with. I had two very unhealthy long-term relationships. And then I was in Cape town, 30 years old, single and looking for something more. And she just helped me go into my expectations of myself, my expectations of the other um, and helped me realize the biggest thing she helped me realize was how necessary boundaries are in relationship, not just with um, intimate partners, but with everybody, with friends, with family, with yourself. Um, and she started teaching me these boundaries, which are also a very big part of that radical self-acceptance. Yeah. And the setting of boundaries is terrifying because it can be confrontational. And I'm learning, I'm a very confrontational person. I'm learning people don't like that so much, apparently. Um, Boundaries boundaries are confrontational and they're upsetting to people that don't understand that you're looking after yourself. Mm. Um, And through therapy, I've learned this. I am the most important person in my life. And if I'm not looking after myself, I can't be of service to anybody else. I can't help anybody else. I can't support anybody else. I'm I'm just draining the energy that is there to live a vital life. Mm. So, and that's a continuous lesson that's that that comes up often in my my therapy sessions with Leanne. Awesome. So, okay. So, so then yes. so you found the rad therapist and the psychiatrist yes, yes, and, yes. and you're back on the yoga bus. Okay. Yes. And I'm good and, so and happy and healthy. So that's like the three things, the yoga, yes. the like um, therapy and the, and the meds. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then now there's this diet component mm. and some supplements and then radical self-acceptance. So when do they like slot okay. into the game? So then about, 
um, what is it now? Three years ago, three or four years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So I started feeling like these aches in my hands and this pain all over my body, all my joints, um, lots of inflammation. I went to the, the rheumatologist and he saw me for about 10 minutes and he was like, yeah, you're quite young, but I can see it already. I don't even actually have to send you for bloods. You've got rheumatoid arthritis. I was like, Okay, what does that mean? And he said, well, here's your script for methotrexate, which is basically a chemo drug. You're going to take this for the rest of your life and cortisone for the rest of your life. And yeah, off you go. If you want to fall pregnant, you'll have to go off and be in pain because it's an abortative. But besides that, you'll be fine. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying to me. Um, And I, I refuse that. I refuse that. I don't think that kind of thing is necessary if you're looking at somebody in a holistic point of view. Um, So somehow the universe was supporting me and she helped me cross paths with a friend who put me onto my nutritional scientist or medical scientist, Heidi Dupree. And this woman has changed my life. Absolutely. So I went to see her and the first thing she said is don't take those meds. You don't have rheumatoid arthritis you have an inflammation problem. So I was like, okay, I can accept that. What can we do? So she said, your diet, we have to start with the diet um, and supplementing your body. Um, At the time I was a very strict and militant vegan, which um, I'm still vegan in my heart, but unfortunately not anymore. uh, Because what we did is we did a, a DNA test. So we did a DNA test to check what was going on with my DNA. And it came back amongst many other things that I, uh, my body needs animal protein. It doesn't methylate properly. So I was actually protein deficient. Um, yeah. uh, I have a high tendency. that you were a vegan and, and the test came out saying that you needed to not be a vegan. Yes. Okay. Very hard. Yeah. So that that I have a high tendency towards stress, which indicates as well a high tendency towards inflammation, um, a high tendency to, or not a high tendency, but there's a vulnerability to cancer. So I've got to be very careful of drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, sugar, um, all of those poisons that we ingest yeah. frequently. Um, So I I did a whole overhaul of my diet and cut everything out that I wasn't supposed to have. Um, For about a month, I was like, I'm still holding on to this vegan thing. Like, I really, uh, can I do this without animal products? And she was like, we can try, but let's see how it goes. And we tried and it didn't work. So I started introducing egg and um, fish and chicken and ostrich. Um, and then at the same time, uh, while I was going through this whole process, I went to Nick and I got married and we went to Sri Lanka for our honeymoon. And I came back and for about two months after that, I was so ill. I was, I had bronchitis, was constantly sick. Um, my stomach was super bloated, nauseous all the time. I was so excited because I thought I was pregnant every month, was not. Um, and it turned out we did, we did with 
Heidi again, we did a, a um, stool test and it came back that I was full of parasites from Sri Lanka. From Sri Lanka. So, yeah. So we did a whole two month gut cleanse, um, support the gut with obviously good probiotics, um, uh, acid, stomach acid, sort everything out. She got very spe- specific um, uh, antibiotics that that dealt with those specific bugs that were in my belly and got rid of all of that. And in that stool sample test, it came back that I was highly, highly, highly gluten intolerant. Um, you and I both know gluten is the devil. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was, but because gluten is so hand in hand with inflammation, it made complete sense that that was what was causing so much of my pain. Um, so was on this now whole foods, completely whole foods diet, cut out anything processed, um, and cut out all gluten. And I've, I've actually never been healthier. So the pain went away. Um, I was sleeping properly. I was, I had energy. I wasn't crying all the time. I, I literally have never been healthier. Um, and through that whole thing, she also addressed my, my anxiety and said that obviously your food, your, your gut and your brain are so intimately connected with one another that if you're not taking care of what's going on in your belly, um, there's definitely going to be uh, complications in your in your mental health, especially with, she gave me a whole thing about candida and how we all have candida in our systems and a certain amount is necessary, but a high amount of candida, which is linked with sugar and wheat, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, yeah, yeah. Um, that leads to anxiety, that causes anxiety. Um, sure. So, so much of the work I did with her was not only gut and diet related, but also anxiety related. And then according yeah. to my, my systems with my DNA, she put me on a whole bunch of different supplements, which, which helped me every day to support the, the deficiencies in my DNA. Thanks, parents. <laughs> yeah. So just if you don't mind sharing, you know, firstly, like that's amazing. And, and what, what I really love is that, is that it wasn't like one person's advice. It's like your own um, prescription evolved over many years as to like yeah, how definitely. to manage it. And I know we haven't got to self-acceptance yet, which we'll get to, but um, on the, what was it? Oh yeah, could you share... I mean, I, so firstly, before Dom says anything, don't prescribe yourself what she says. But would you mind sharing which which supplements you have been taking just out of interest? Uh, oh, flip. I don't know the names of all of them. But there's there's a very, very good B, um, B complex. I think it's called um, B active. Uh, and that's got all the Bs that you need. Um, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C. Just trying to go through in my brain what I take every day. Um, and then I've got a bunch of stuff. There is, so I don't actually know the names. I have the names, but I don't know what they mean. Um, I've okay. researched them and then forgotten. Um, so there's things like NAC. Uh, yeah. I don't remember what that actually means. Um, magnesium, um, biomag, uh, that's the magnesium. That's the magnesium. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a couple of other ones that, that those ones are specific for my DNA. Um, and then on the mental side, I also take L-theanine, which is an, uh, an amino acid. Um, I take 
this uh, baobab and lithium, uh, which is a natural occurring lithium. It's called the happy mineral um, and GABA, which is, um, I think it's the same kind of feeling you get when you have a glass of wine um, and yes. you get that like, oh, it's the, that GABA feeling. So I, I take those every yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, which with lockdown and pregnancy, I, I don't get that. So yeah. yeah, I take my gap. So yeah, I take those mental health supplements as well to support me while I was, I, I had big doses of those while I was weaning off the medication in the last Got year it. or so. Yeah. Cool. So talk about radical self-acceptance. Yeah, I just I want to understand it. I want to know where where it fits in the in the process of of coming off the meds. Um, So firstly, coming off the meds wasn't uh, it wasn't like oh we're in lockdown and I'm pregnant I'm going to come off my meds. Um, (laughs) It was a year long process that I went through with my psychiatrist, my psychologist, and my my nutritional scientist. And they all supported me with meds, with therapy, and with diet and supplement. And I was working hand-in-hand with all three of them to get me off the meds safely. Um, Most importantly, well, the the reason was because I wanted to fall pregnant. Um, And on some of the meds I was on, you, you can't take during pregnancy. So I wanted to be... Um, well enough to come off the meds to have a safe pregnancy and not be stuck in anxiety and panic attacks throughout a whole pregnancy. Um, So that was the journey. But the the radical self-love is something I've been working on for about four years, um, I would say. And it's I've had very, very bad experiences in my life with friends. So so I get, I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. I want to fix everybody. I want to give everybody everything that they need. And I want to make sure everybody's fine to the detriment of myself. Um, and that's been my pattern for 30 years. And I got to a point where it was another um, round of that. And I, I make a joke that the universe, she'll, when she's trying to teach you a lesson, she'll first wink at you, um, then she'll nudge you, and then she'll punch you in the face. So I was getting repeatedly punched in the face by this whole friendship thing that I wasn't quite understanding. Um, and I was like, okay, well, obviously it's not them. There's something going on with me that I need to look at. Um And I started with boundaries firstly. Um, I think Brene Brown, she says to to live a a happy, successful, thriving life, the most important thing is to have boundaries. and we're not taught boundaries in any anywhere in our lives. And to have boundaries, is, it's, it's about putting yourself first in every situation. And not in a selfish way, not in a like, I'm, I'm the most spectacular, most important. But you are the most important person in your life. And if you are unhappy and pretending or forcing your way through to, to pretend to be happy nobody's going to benefit from that. So that lesson of me being the most important person in my life and me having to take care of myself um, is where it started. And then it was this getting into setting boundaries, which is, is like I said, so difficult. Um, and this radical self-acceptance, this radical self-acceptance. I say radical because there's things about yourself that you, you accept and you like, and then there's other things you beat yourself up about and you, you mean to yourself and you judge yourself. And we are, our minds are our worst enemies most of the time. Um, and it's, it's been using the, the, the 
philosophies and spiritual teachings of yoga um, that have led me in the, down this path of, of radical self-acceptance and, and learning how to love myself. Um, and that's not to say that you're just like, oh, okay, I'm, a, um, for example, I abuse animals and I'm going to accept myself for that. Um, that's not what I'm saying. It's It's looking deeply into everything that you are, all of your past traumas, all of the labels you put on yourself, um, all of the walls you've built up, all of the things that trigger you, um, the way you respond to things out of past traumas, looking at all of that stuff and, and seeing if it is valid to you right now in this moment as the person that you are, or if it's not. And if it's not, then you change it. And it's also, it's, it's scary work going into yourself that deeply. Um, but it's so necessary to, to look at yourself and, and like I say, do that work every day to try and be a better person. Oh, I've lost you. I can't hear you. Am I back? Yeah, it's you back. All right. I don't know. My, um, one of the batteries on my mic died. So it's a bit echoey. Yeah. I apologize. Um, what, one of the things you were saying was the, you know, like it's not about, you know, if you abuse animals, it's not like being okay with you abusing animals. And so the listeners, a lot of my people want to lose weight and transform their health. And, uh, you know, I always struggle to to explain how if you're on a weight loss journey, there's a difference between like desperately, you know, there are two ways you can do it. You can say, okay, well, once I'm thin, then I'll be happy with myself. And the other side of that, I'll be happy with myself now. Um, and then it's easier to be happy with you. It's easier to actually move through a weight loss journey if you are happy with yourself. But the mm. fear that comes up when people are trying to get their heads around that is like, well, if I'm happy with myself, then I will stop wanting to lose weight. I'll stop, I'll stop wanting to transform myself. How does that play out in your mind? So if I can liken it to the, the whole journey of yoga is to reach enlightenment, which sounds very like ethereal and, 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 you know, um, hippie. Um, but for me, my path to yoga is, is to be happy. Um, and it's, we, we're in the society that it's, if I get this, then I'll be happy. If I get that new car, I'll be happy. If I get that new house, if I have that relationship, if I lose that weight, if I look like that, then I'll be happy. Um, mm. And and that is, a, that, that is like you say, where there, there's so much fear and there's so much room for disappointment because you're not giving yourself the permission to be happy. Um, what if you don't have that relationship, then you don't deserve to be happy. If you lose three kilograms, then put on one, you don't deserve to be happy. So it's, it's about developing that, that kindness and compassion for yourself and understanding that you are so worthy. You're so worthy of happiness. You're so worthy of, of, um, 
getting what you want and, but allowing yourself to be as you are on that journey right now. So it's Mm. accepting yourself with kindness and compassion at the same time as working on whatever it is your goal is. And knowing that if you lose that one kilogram, it's not going to change who you are inside. If you lose that 10 kilograms, it's not going to change who you are inside. Um, Who you are inside is the most important part. And if you are working on being the person you really want to be, the kindest, most compassionate, um, whatever your goal is, if you're working on that and you find that in yourself, whatever is happening outside of you, you can handle with a lot more grace and strength. Mm. Powerful stuff. Mm. So, so now you're a, a, a yoga, a, a yogi. I was, I said a I wasn't going to say it. So you yogi. <laughs> and 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 I know that during lockdown, or actually earlier this year, you launched online yoga studio, um, which I want you to talk about just now. But before we get there, you know, there are people out there. I mean, I can tell you that. of the customers at Real Meal Revolution and, you know, many other weight loss programs and health transformation programs will be suffering from, you know, mental health problems as well, mostly anxiety and depression. Mm. And so, you know, save the listeners some time. If, If you were where you, if, if you had done nothing to date, where would you start the, where would you start to get help? And like, what would the steps be that you'd follow if you had to do it all again, but like super fast? <laughs> <laughs> if only it was that easy. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's so complex and it's so complicated and, and you, you obviously have to find what's right for you in your life. Um, and I wish I could give you a quick fix um, and say, you know, do yoga. That'll, that'll get rid of your, your mental, mental disease. Um, But it's not like that. The the first thing I think is to accept if you do have a a mental disease, if if you're not mentally well, like anxiety, depression, um, whatever, social anxiety, phobias, all of those things that are so stigmatized and frowned upon and not talked about, talk about them um, because you'll be surprised at how many people actually feel the same and are also suffering with these things. Talk about them as much as you can because you can't get through a mental disease without support and help from the people around you. Um, so it's first about accepting that they, not that there's something wrong with you, but mm. that there's something that you could use help with. Um, that's the first step. And then it's, it's so much, I, I say it almost every day about doing the work on yourself and understanding that you're not, nobody comes here to this planet as a, as an adult human being and is perfectly fine and happy and normal and, and achieving all the things they want to do. Everybody is working on themselves. Um, but there's a difference between like bumbling through and consciously looking at yourself and making the decisions to put yourself first and put your mental health first and do whatever it takes to, to get well, to be happy and, and, and have mental well-being. Um, I think if you, if you are really battling to speak to a a professional, um, a therapist, a therapist is the first, the first step to take. And from there you can find that support system. Like I found my psychiatrist, my psychologist, my, um, nutritional scientist, all these people that have supported me on this journey. Um, and 
it's not going to be a short term quick fix. It's, it's uh, like you explained a bit earlier, you, you get to this point and then if you don't do the work, you're going to have this roller coaster ride. If you constantly every day are doing the work with your diet, if you're going to therapy, if you're working on your body, if you're working on your past traumas, if you're um, doing everything the best you can, then you'll, your, your, trajectory is just up even though you may have a few dips in the way um you don't ever go all the way back down to where you were because you've done so much work that you're not that person anymore yeah i just want to add something there if that's fun i mean i'm sure you'll agree with me but you know the, the word work has come up quite a lot and i think what yes. terrifies people is that like shit you know that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like and actually you know, like you said, you, you know, you, you, the work never stops, but it's not really work because it becomes life, you know, like exactly. um, putting, putting boundaries in place, exercising, eating well, like this becomes part of a life that's actually rich and fulfilling. So it's actually, it's, it, it looks like work in the beginning, but it's, it's like changing habits and, and, it, and it, well, it is work and then it becomes life and then life exactly. becomes really awesome it, yeah you know, just, it, and yeah it's exactly yeah. right like like do, doing the work at the beginning is is it's really hard and it's really hard like honestly looking at yourself and honestly bringing up like why do I react this way to that thing what trauma was it in my past that I need to heal um so it's 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 doing all of that work but when you do the work and and you start to feel good you want to do more of the work so I'm sure you've experienced it when you've lost some weight and you're like okay that feels really good I want to eat healthy so I can lose more weight because it feels really good um it's the same thing with mental health it's the same thing with okay so I know that if I am on the verge of a panic attack, if I do my breathing exercises and I get on my mat and I move a little bit, that makes me feel good. So I'm going to carry on doing that even when I'm not having a panic attack because I know how beneficial it's going to be. And then the, you do the work and the work, like you say, becomes your life and it just keeps feeling better and better and better um, with yeah. all the different aspects that you're including in your, in your journey. Yeah. Like if you if you unfit, you don't like exercise. But once you fit, <laughs> exercising is like the most fun. Exactly. Um, exactly. We could. I mean, we could analogize all there. Sorry, I just had to get the last <laughs> word. But so okay, that's awesome, and I hope that's been like gold. And now the shameless putting yourself first. You have an online <laughs> yoga studio, and you want like a million people to sign up and join you for yoga classes. Yes. Like, where do we find them? And first, before like tell us that, like, what do you get? How does it work? How do I do like, yoga in the internet? Okay, um, <laughs> it's actually been quite a cool journey. I've been teaching yoga for about. Well, I've been I've been linked with yoga and practicing yoga for about. 16 years um, and I've been teaching for about 14 of those um, and I've done teacher trainings all over the world um, yoga therapy uh, it's 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 been my absolute life passion um, and I don't I don't only teach the asana the asana is the physical practice I teach yoga in its entirety because it is a lifestyle and a, and a way of life so I teach the philosophy and um, how to live a yogic lifestyle, how to be kind, how to be compassionate. And the ultimate teaching of yoga is that 
we're all connected. We're all the same thing. And that thing is the power of the universe. That thing is the power of source energy. Um, I call it unconditional love. So that's my approach to yoga as a, as a lifestyle. Um, so my teachings aren't necessarily um, going to get you the, the yoga bum that you want or, or get you into a handstand in a month, um, but it will definitely change your life. So Nick and I, my husband, put together this online course. It's vulayoga.com, um, and it's yoga for beginners. So if you've never tried yoga before, this is exactly the course that you want to look at. So Nick was my model. He has done a couple of yoga classes with me over the years, but he has very tight, stiff body. Um, so we thought, you know, if I'm doing all the poses and, and I look graceful and wonderful in the poses and then you try them at home and you feel like shit, it's not going to be great. So Nick's my model and he, he battles through them as well. Um, and it's, it's a step-by-step -step guide, a complete guide to developing or building a really solid foundation in yoga. So it's what yoga is, why breath is so important, why being in the present moment is important, um, what's the chanting, chanting Aum about, uh, what's Aum. Sanskrit <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we go heavy into the asana, the physical practice. And it's, it's the first round is me demonstrating, then it's, it's Nick demonstrating, then it's a practice with me. So you get to do, the, do each pose um, and learn each pose very intimately. Um, throughout the course so it's a it's a, a membership a subscription based thing at the moment um, and it's 275 rand a month and you have complete access to me so I'm on whatsapp and instagram and email so if you have any questions I'm there to shoot videos and and whatever across to you um, and you go through it step by step and it's 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 a really cool um uh, method to learning because it's also it's quite intimidating to go into a yoga studio um, where yeah. everyone's in these tiny little bras with their lululemon pants and, and you know inevitably someone with a yoga butt you know like stand, absolutely you know, like, like, absolutely and, and and before the class even yeah. starts someone's jumping into a handstand next to you and it's like oh this is terrifying um so it's a really nice way to do it in your home um, safety and comfort and now in, in, in with our, our um, current situation of coronavirus it's the perfect way to learn um, to learn yoga like a cool yeah. that's good so I'll put the link in the in the comments and cool. we'll stick the link in the in the little blurb as well once we once we close off so Dom you are a legend thank you so much for coming <laughs> Takes on to one so one. <laughs> and, and yeah, for everyone who wants to cure themselves of basically everything, um, get it. Go, go to Vula Yoga and start start with <laughs> body and mind, and uh, and look after yourselves, everyone. Thanks so much, Tom. Um, Thank you. Good. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
We're out to change the world and you can be a part of it. See you next week.